minute 20 to go and counting. Still have one timeout. Fields underneath. He finds the former Viking Amir Smith-Marset. And it's stripped away by Dantzler. He takes it down into Bears territory. A huge turnover with a minute to go. A painful ending to today's Bears game. Bears falling to the Vikings 29-22. This is Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I'm Kevin Powell in for Andy Mazur. Guys, that was tough. And uh, for the second week in a row, uh, Justin Fields had an opportunity, at least we thought, to score and then maybe go for two and keep the game going. And for the second week in a row, uh, a fumble. And uh, as we all know, Amir Smith-Marchette, as you heard on the call there, just needed to get out of bounds. It would have been a nice 15-yard pickup with about a minute 12 remaining. Um, Bears were Bears were moving it a little bit. They had a shot to, to get into scoring territory, but a fumble. And they lose. 29-22. Hamp, Kevin, uh, you know, I, I, I just got to tell you, it, it was a gut-wrenching loss on so many different levels. First of all, you know, this hits principle that Iberflus preaches, OB, about, you know, staying in the game, fighting, fighting. Oh, it, it came true. It, it actually materialized right before our eyes. Going down. Except for the last 20, word, smart. 21 to 3. And then fighting back, fighting back with, what, 18 unanswered points and then taking the lead. 19 unanswered points. Taking the lead to find the rhythm and balance on offense in the second half. Tells me, yes, we have some coaches with some brains. They're making adjustments. Good things are happening. But to have it all fall apart because of a marginal player's idiotic play on two separate plays. He, this, this Smith Marset character was a guy with the penalty blocking in the back on Justin Fields scramble about 60 yards for a touchdown. But then to have the ball stripped and taken away. I got to tell you, man, there's 52 guys in that locker room that are just ready to, 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 to bite their arm off. Well, let me tell you what I, what I liked, what I saw this afternoon. I liked to see Darnell Mooney involved in the offensive scheme of things. Finally, also Cole Komet in the scheme of offensive things. And always, as ever, David Montgomery. If we get a steady diet of Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery were going to win some games this year, maybe a little more than some people think. I thought it was a very good thing, and the tempo, I love the tempo, which led us going with four scoring consecutive drives. That's tempo, that's understanding the situation where you're at, and everybody being committed and getting it done. But I'm going to tell you what, again, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery, those are the guys that have to be involved. We have to hear their name all four quarters constantly. And if we do, we're going to win more than we're going to lose. And Again, I know we lost the game. It's always a gut-wrenching thing when you do. But I'll tell you what, we weren't – obviously nobody picked us to win the game anyway, but we almost did. But what I liked, again, the rhythm, the four scoring drives, one after the other, and getting Komet, Mooney, and Montgomery involved in the offense. You know, 
I say this all the time. Every play is a game. You just don't know what play it's going to be. Well, this bum had two of the worst plays of the season, and it cost us a victory. Let's get to, out to the phone lines, Kevin. Yeah, 312-981-7200 if you want to chime in here. Maurice has been waiting. Uh, awful planning by the coordinators. Maurice, what do you have to say? You're on WGN. I would like to add uh, to uh, Ed Obradovich and Dan Hampton. They do not have a – the offensive coordinator does not have a good game plan for this team. Justin Fields shouldn't be running for his life. They should have an offensive line that can protect him. Also, uh, they made Iberflus look like a rookie coach along with the coordinators. They didn't make the adjustments right. The defensive coordinator, Alan Smith, also was deficit because Kirk Cousins looked like Bart Starr. Have a good show, gentlemen. Thank you for the call, Maurice. Maurice, you're exactly – well, see, I think what you're, you're thinking about is maybe just backwards – they had a horrible opening game plan. The defense had no answers. Kirk Cousins went 15 of 15, three straight touchdown drives. We had no answers. It looked like it was going to be a blowout from the get-go. But we did make we did make the adjustments on offense and defense. Well, it's finally after our offense got going and got a little rhythm, give them a little positive positivity going on both sides of the ball. And again, I liked what I saw, and if they can improve on that from week to week, we got something to look forward to. And the defense coordinator is Alan Williams. And and again, the the first the first quarter they had this kid Jones, who you I never really heard of number thirty one Jalen Jones uh, Jalen Jones that was about ten yards off of Justin Jefferson, and it, it, they were putting on a clinic. It, it looked like a nine on seven drill. Yeah, but yeah. they did make some adjustments, and they started clamping down and getting in, you know, position to where they were not allowing those free releases to the receivers, and it bought us a little time, and we changed the dynamic. The one thing I didn't with that Justin Jones number thirty-one, when I tell you he was chasing a couple guys where he could have caught them and made a made a big difference, Danny. And I remember I told you I said, Dan, he's that loafing. He was loafing. He was loafing, folks. He wasn't. He wasn't running a hundred. 100 percent he wasn't going as fast as he could you could just see it that's a no-no maybe 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 he hadn't got the hits memo yet (laughs) that's principle uh mike and rockford's been hanging on for a while mike uh, what do you have to say about today's loss yeah just uh what what can you say not good guys but you know what I, i gotta say they played better they played better than they have which i was happy to see yes and and one player, guys, I played. I only played high school football for four years. But you know what? We were taught the basic fundamentals. I don't know what this kid was thinking when he did go out of bounds. Plus, it would have stopped the clock. They had first down. Amen. It's, it's just stupid. It's it's stupidity. But I want you know, I want to ask you guys if you can comment on the question because I want to ask you guys: if, Do you blame this on the player or do you blame this on coaching? Because I know the players out there doing it, but but is it the coaching? Because does that fall on the coach's lap? And one other thing, I got to say, guys, I um. I had an uncle who passed several years back from ALS, and I just my heart and prayers go out to Steve Mongo McMichael, guys. And I know Dan, he was your teammate, and 
And uh, this Dear poor friend. guy, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm just going to tell you, it's one of the most debilitating, horrible things to go through as a human being. You just, it's just, you literally waste away. And I just, I, I, I just feel so bad for that guy. Mike, thank you for the call. Well, Mike, uh, just, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, Steve, when he was out on that field, I tell you, he's one of those guys that he, he wouldn't give you an inch, and if he was going down, he was going to take you down with him. All right. Uh, but he's, he's fighting hard. He's still going good. And the Bears falling to the Vikings 29-22. It was a painful one, but they clawed back. They fought back. It was probably Justin Fields' best game of the season. We'll get uh, more into it here coming up. Uh, this is Happen OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Here's Montgomery speeding ahead, spinning in for the touchdown. Welcome back to David Montgomery. He gets the Bears a huge score late in the first half. This is Hampton OB, brought to you by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I'm Kevin Powell. The Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22 drops the Bears to 2-3 and three on the year. Guys, you know, I did mention before break, I thought Justin Fields looked pretty good, right? Like, he made some confident-looking throws. There were some drives where he looked like a big-time NFL he quarterback. He had some horrible throws. He did. Too. He did. I mean, those first, I don't know, four, five, six throws, he wasn't even in, in, in the zip code. And the other thing is, you know, when you look at, 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 at the final numbers here, okay, you're talking about we passed for 193, we rushed for 78 yards, and the other team, and we only converted four or ten times, and the other team had the ball 13 more minutes than us. You're going to lose. Well, and again, like I said, you got to give the Vikings an awful lot of credit. They had a great, great game plan on how to attack the Bear defense, obviously, watching last week, uh, Kirk Cousins was was a maestro, especially early in the game on the bootlegs and and throwing pinpoint passes. No containment, Dan. Well, and again, they were exploiting. But finally, we did make the adjustment. Now, back to Justin Fields. Yes. But you know what? The big play, the big play to Mooney, the 39-yard you know, circus catch. It was fantastic. And then two plays later, three plays later, we score with Montgomery. That changed everything. It's almost like this, this, this cloud that Justin Fields has been having to operate in of, of being indecisive and questioning everything and questioning him himself, his arm. You could tell it changed. And it almost like you waved a wand and confidence returned and the kids started stepping into the throws. He was making the, the proper reads and getting the ball out. All the things we've been talking about for a month. So, man, it, you know, it's hard to get a silver lining in a loss like this. But Justin Fields, I think he showed up tonight. Three one two not sorry, sorry no no three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is our phone number. Feel free to call in, talk to Hamp and Ob. Ob, what do you got? No, I was just gonna say that our, what we've got to do. What I've been saying, we can, and even last year, get the ball to Mooney, get the ball to Komet. Okay, that's who we should be throwing to. That should be on our thoughts every series of every quarter that we play and every week. These guys are the money makers. They're going to take us down the road. And if we don't, we're going to lose. Today, again, great rhythm. What, four, 
four times, one after the other, we went down on scoring drives. Mooney involved, Komet involved, and Montgomery involved. That's what we got to have. Back to the phones. Patrick in Chicago has been awaiting. Patrick had some problems with the referees today. Yeah, well, yeah, and Mustafer. I mean, if you look at the, the screenplay just before the two-minute uh, warning, he had two blockers in front of him. He didn't get either one of them. I mean, he missed two. I don't know how. He's got big guys, but he missed them. But the officiating is horrible, and I'm tired of it. And the one call it is the most bothersome to me. I think the, the touchdown come, coming back on fields was a ticky-tack call. I thought that the receiver, the defensive back, was sort of spinning around looking for fields. But the one in the end zone uh, – uh, Field throws the ball to the receiver in the end zone. I'm not exactly sure who it was. And a defensive back ran right through him. He put his arms up, and he ran right through him, and he never turned around. Now, the NFL rule is clear. The defensive back can't do that. He has to make a play in the ball. But the referee just stands there. He just stands there. Doesn't do a thing. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it's first down bears on the goal line. Yes. But no, yes. they don't call it. Yep. And, 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 and the field touchdown – People can argue with me all you want, but if it's Mahomes or Rodgers or Brady, they don't throw the flag. No way. They don't throw the flag on them. And, and you know, going back to the beginning of the season where, where Fields is getting his clock cleaned on the ground and the referee's just standing there with his hands in his pocket. You know, it must be nice. I mean, they make they make a ton of money. They make almost $200,000 a game. You know, uh, time to start doing their jobs. You know, in the NFL, it's... It, it, Shoot these a police that up. But Mustafer needs to go. He snapped the ball early, hit Justin Fields. First in the play tie. of the second half. And, you know, thank you so much for Thanks your for call. call. You make some good points. OB, you know, I, I, I talked the last three weeks before the game. Justin Fields is struggling. Let's everybody else not only do their job, but be exemplary. Don't make any man. And so what do we do? We start the very first play of the damn game. With, uh, you know, uh, burning the clock and we have to take a five yard penalty because we don't, you know, run a play. First play of the second half, Mustafer, I don't know what he's thinking about, but Justin Fields is walking to the line trying to give a call, a line call, and he snaps it into his knees. The reason Mustafer is out there is because of injury. The first one was the plan was Ryan Pohl signed Lucas Patrick, the center from Green Bay. To replace him. But unfortunately, he broke his hand in training camp. Mustafer back onto the scene. And then as soon as Patrick gets, you know, strong enough with his thumb where he would be able to start at center, last week, the left guard, Cody Whitehair, he gets hurt. So now we're almost for certain probably looking at Mustafer the rest of the year. And that is that, a huge liability. That And the reason why, Dan, because he is not nifty. Mustafer is not nifty. If you watch, I couldn't tell you how many times last year when he was he snapped the ball and he'd be dropping back and he'd trip over his own feet. That's why Lucas is at the guard position instead of Mustafer. Lucas is a better center than he is, but because of that situation I just mentioned, that's why. Time for the Bears' hardest-working player of the game, sponsored by the Fair Plumber. Finally, quality plumbing made affordable. Visit fairplumber.com. What do you guys think of Justin Fields for our hardest-working player of the game? Kyler Gordon, maybe? Well, I give it to Justin Fields. I, I thought mean, he battled out there he, today. He, the kid, he's obviously he's in every play, and he's doing everything he can. But as far as I've seen so far, the coaches have not put him in the right and proper situations. Yeah, I will say about Fields, you know, the, all season he's looked a little hesitant, right, in the pocket, a little scared to get rid of the ball. Well, because, t- because he doesn't believe in the calls. Yeah. If he did, you'd see him 
you know, yeah. doing cartwheels out there. Yeah, he did deliver the ball with a little bit more confidence today. Uh, confidence today. Fields went 15-21, 208 yards, had the one touchdown, sacked twice. It just felt like a game where early on, guys, we all kind of looked at each other and like, this might be a long day. I think credit to them for fighting back against a team like the Vikings, who were 3-1, and now 4-1. and um, It got really interesting in the second half. Game. Kevin, if, if they don't go to Mooney. We took the lead. If they don't and go the to Mooney or Kermit. <laughs> If they don't go to Mooney or Komet, what, what happened out there that was good would not have happened. And we never went to them the first four games. And you know what, folks? Just to kind of validate all the things that OB and I have been preaching for the last month, that Mark Slareth, who I think is a you know, terrific guy on the color that we uh, listened to today in the booth, First of the second half, he said, hey, we, we, they need to get this kid out on the edges, roll him, have play action and, and, and bootlegs, and let him make athletic decisions and, and uh, you know, either throw the ball or run it on the edges and, and then been work the middle the of the field. Come home. Yeah, and we've been <laughs> screaming that. So I kind of think he was listening to our freaking. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. 3 one, 2 And it started working, did it not? It did. It did. Uh, Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22. Plenty more to come. 312-981-7200. We want to hear what you have to say. This is Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Chevy dealers. Dan Hampton's defensive player of the game. The Bears come up with a stop. Washington and Matt Eberflus after rolling the dice and needing some help. The defense and special teams comes up big for Chicago. Dan Hampton's defensive player of the game sponsored by your local Chevy dealers and Chevy drives Chicago.com. The Bears special teams coming up with a big play there uh, about midway through the third quarter blocking uh, a field goal. But, Hamp, Kyler Gordon, I know you've been impressed so far what you've seen from the rookie defensive back. Big pick. And actually, that was Dominic Robinson that, right. that got the block on the uh, on the field goal attempt. But he made uh, three big tackles in the second half, all of them on third down, stopping um, the Vikings from acquiring a first down. So, yeah. And, and you know what? I, I, I got to tell you, the first two and a half games, he was like very timid, but it's like he grew up in the second half um, against the uh, Texans, actually the second quarter, and he started making plays, and man, this is great. When uh, 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 Jalen Johnson comes back, mm-hmm. then we're going to have a couple of corners we can go to war with. Yeah, the, the secondary, I think as this season progresses and Jalen Johnson gets healthy, could be a, a strength of this team. 312-981-7200. You're listening to Hamp and OB on W. WGN. Let's go to the phones. Rod in St. Charles has been hanging on. Rod, you're on WGN. Hey, Professor Hamp, Professor Obradovich, how you guys doing? Good, man. Uh, I got to say, um, it was a depressing first quarter, but then after that, like Hampton said, Fields set, seemed to step up and push into his throws. And even though he had some big misses, he still went for it, and even even uh, the coaches went for it a couple times, making some risky plays on fourth down, and I like that. Well, the two things that I think this game gives us – okay, Thursday night, you know, we've got Washington coming in here. Don't you feel a lot differently about the game after watching the conclusion of the game than you did at halftime? I mean, at halftime, Hope he turns to me and goes, this, <laughs> you know – 
well, can we win a game? Now I have a lot of confidence in what we should be able to do against the commander's defense on Thursday night. No, we'll, we'll mop them up. Yeah, we'll mop them <laughs> I feel, Hey, I feel pretty good about that one. Let's uh, continue to take some calls here. Jim on the south side of Chicago. Not happy. Jim, you're on WGN. Go ahead. You know, guys, I just want to say first, thank you for taking my call. Um, just absolutely disgusted. It's, it's, you guys talk about the good plays, and they did make some good plays. They did come back. But two weeks in a row, stupidity. The fumble punt last week, the idiot that don't go out of bounds this week. When's it going to stop? When's you know what? Gonna stop? Jim, you're, you're exactly right. Ed Obradovich, you know, I right off the top, I said, you know, Eberflus's uh, hits mantra about hustle and you know intensity, all that. Smart is for, the S. That's yeah. They forgot the S, the smart part. Yeah, <laughs> and again, this uh, this character Smith Marset, who was claimed off of uh, the Vikings um, roster as a free agent. Conspiracy. Yeah, it's almost like he was a secret plant. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at the end of the day, he was the, the the dumb A today and last week. The special teams coach that put Valus Jones in there, knowing that that was maybe could be the hardest punt he'll ever you know try to field in his life. And you know, there's a lot that goes into winning a game. But first and foremost, you can't beat yourself. And being dumb only hurts you. Yeah, and you talked about it in pregame, Hamp. Amir Smith-Marset is the player who fumbled. Uh, Vikings recovered. The ball was stripped, actually, from him. All you need to do yeah. is get out of bounds. So you're going to be hearing a lot about that. Amir Smith-Marset. And the actually... clock, you know, it, it was a factor. Get out of yes. bounds. I mean, we all, everybody, you know, 50-year-old housewives go, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. And these players, they don't know that'll be. He walks out. They've got a minute 12 and a timeout in their pocket as well. Let's go to Carlos in Riverside. Carlos, you're on WGN. Hey, guys. Actually, it's Carl, but that's okay. Okay. I apologize. Uh, that's okay. How, you know what? How can I possibly enjoy my pumpkin donut after this mess? Anyway, guys, uh, Hamp, OB, uh, what, what's your opinion on the pass coverage right from the get-go, from the beginning of the game. What'd you guys think? It started out, Cousins had his way. He completed his first uh, first 17 pass attempts were completions, a uh, franchise record for the Minnesota Vikings. They were doing anything and everything they wanted in most of the first half the Minnesota Vikings were. Well, but they made I, some adjustments, OB. Yeah, well, Kyle, well, let me just tell you something. What happened is there was no pressure on him. Did you ever see anybody get close to him? Nobody got close to him. Their offensive line ate our guys alive that first half. Nobody got to him. He, he had all day to do whatever it is that he wanted to do. Where it was, you know, look to the weak side, strong side, looking for the tight end, looking for a wide out, looking for whoever, because he had no pressure. Because our defensive line didn't put any pressure on him. Just one sack on Cousins today from the, the Bears uh, pass rush. Mark has been waiting on for a while. Mark, you're on WGN Radio. What do you got? Uh, this is just what you guys just brought up about uh, coaching on uh, defense with the adjustments. The first half, we didn't do anything. They play action us to death. And I didn't see one of those coaches talking to any of the defensive guys in the first and second quarter to make adjustments. 
Well, and, my, go ahead. Obi. Yeah, Mark. Well, uh, yeah. Well, you're right. Okay. I don't understand why. I, as a matter of fact, this is the first time I couldn't even tell you when I've seen a coach talk to one of our quarterbacks. And I'm talking about last year, the year before, the year before. I've been moaning and groaning about this for years. And you go, you go to, you look at all the top teams. Look at the Tom Brady's, the Rodgers. Who was in there when they come off? They go to the tablet, computer, and there's a coach sitting right next to them. Our guys sit down, put their back up against the back of the bench, and look up into the sky. But today was the first time I saw a coach talk to our quarterback fields. Getsy was there. I saw it, it. I think they moved about maybe three or four times. They took the picture where the cameras moved, and Getsy was there conferring with Fields on the bench or on the sidelines. That is nice to see, which we have never seen. Okay, real quick, back to the defensive backs and and their so-called uh, coverage, if you want to call it that. It was um, it was pretty pretty bad early. But think about this. Kyler Gordon is a rookie. He's a nickel. Kendall Vildor is essentially a first-year starter. He started a little bit last year, but not much. Not much. Eddie Jackson, of course, has been there. But Brisker, the safety, Jalen Jones, was was starting at left corner. He's a rookie and undrafted. So I'm just saying, going into this game, it was obvious to me that the coaches, knowing whether it was a lack of talent or lack of experience, because we had three rookies and a you know a kind of also ran Kendall Vildor from last year, being the five making up the secondary, they were not trying anything aggressive. They wanted to make sure they kept everything in front. And they had everybody rolled off. Finally. Finally, once the game started and then we were getting, you know, knifed up and, and, and beat to death, then they started saying, all right, now get up, press, and they were so much more successful. The bottom line is the coaches can be faulted because they were the ones telling those kids back off. They did, you know, they were, they were skeptical of their ability to cover. Finally, we got aggressive. Things started to fall into place, and we started getting stops. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the phone number. Ob, no, just hey, what what I what I can tell you is you've got to be aggressive, and you've got to attack on both sides of the ball. You are not going to win the Super Bowl. You are not going to be a world champion. Okay, flip fluffing around out there. You got to be aggressive. You got to attack downfield. You got to mix it up. There's so many things that you can do. You got to go on a quick count, a no huddle. You keep them guessing. Keep the defense off balance. Defensively, come after them. Come after them from a a, sa- a strong safety blitz, a weak side safety blitz, a corner blitz, a Mac blitz, middle linebacker, a Will or a Sam strong side linebacker blitz with the line tricks. Go after people. Make things happen. Don't let them sit and dictate to you. You. Dictate to them. That should be our philosophy. Defensively and offensively. Attack. Take care of business. Don't let them take you out. Finally, in the second half, I think we, uh, at least a half a dozen times, we did have certain blitzes going. Yes, we did. And, and, and you know what? And look at what the hell happened. There we go. They stymied them. Hey, hey, trust me, Alan Williams is a first time uh, defensive coordinator and he's taking his lumps too. Steve in Orland Park, you're on WGM. What do you got, Steve? 
I think the very first play for the Bears offense uh, really revealed that, you know, there's some weak links in that offensive coaching staff. It's truly exemplified that. Thanks, OB and Hamp. All right, thanks for the call, Steve. Yeah, delay of game to start the game, guys, and we were all kind of looking around. It looked like Cole Komet didn't know where to line up. Right out of the gate, That's it's never a good look, but especially to start the game when you have your first handful of plays already scripted, essentially. Yeah, you know what? This you know this uh, this game, uh, the, 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 like 17 of them, okay? And each quarter is 15 minutes. You got an offensive, a defensive, and you got a special teams. Everybody's got to be up to speed. Every facet and phase of your game offensively and defensively and with the special teams has to be in solid before you even play your first game. And this isn't an I think. I'm telling you, that's how it's got to come down. And you could tell the coaching staff by the players and how they play if they're not set and ready to play from the get-go. And the thing that really bothered me is Kirk uh, Cousins comes out and goes 17 to 7. We never even tried to break his rhythm with a blitz or anything that we could do to try to knock him the second. off of his rhythm. And it didn't happen until the second part of the second half of the game. Dan, when he, when he started t- marching down the field with these passes to the strong side, to the weak side, like over the middle, and you're sitting, you're right, and you're exactly correct, Dan. You know what? They just sit back there and let him. Pound on us, pound on us. They were attacking us. They cut us and up. And we didn't attack back. Just what I said. And then you've got to attack them. You can't let that man sit back there and destroy you. And you're backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. No, you're going the wrong way. you got to go forward and take them out. We'll get to your calls. Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22 at Minnesota. Hold on, callers. We're going to take a real quick break. Yeah, we got uh, plenty more to come. We'll be on until 5 o'clock. By the way, guys, before we go, Mel's Craft Barbecue, just absolutely fantastic. Brought some food by uh, for us there. 24 Main Street in Park Ridge. Those pork chops today. Wait a minute. He came out out of left field with a new game plan. Pork chops, OB. Pork chops. He smoked them and he grilled them. They were fantastic. I lathered it up with some barbecue sauce. Thank you to Mel's craft barbecue more calls to come 312-981-7200 this is hampton ob sponsored by your local chevy dealers at chevydrivechicago.com biggest play of the game so far fields gets the first down lunging to the 30 yard line hampton ob sponsored by your local chevy dealers at chevydrivechicago.com i'm kevin powell in for andy mazer will be with you until 5 312 981 is the phone number if you want to chime in. I know we've got some callers here. We'll get into just a, a second. But, Obi, you were just talking about the, the time of possession and you know the yard difference here, 429 total yards for Minnesota, wow. 271 yeah. for the Bears. We're used to that at this point with the Chicago Bears 2022 offense. Not putting up a lot of yards, but there was more production from the offense that we've seen through the first quarter of the season here. Well, uh, yeah, I agree with that. But I'll tell you what, the, t- the time of possession – is this is astonishing to me? It's almost a quarter more, thirteen, roughly thirteen minutes, thirteen plus minutes more. The Vikings had the ball than us. Wow! Yeah, it. Uh, we are all talking about how quickly that first quarter flew by because they were running on the Bears, moving the chains, and the ball didn't hit the ground. Uh, Dave in Oakwood, you got a comment about the quarterback position, Dave? You're on WGN. Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to say. Win or lose, the 
Hamp and OB show every week is a win-win for us in my house. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, uh, one question, and, and this may be a stupid question, so I don't want to simple, but I know OB's touched about the quarterback position. We've exhausted it. We've gone through several quarterbacks, several offensive coordinators. My question is, at what point, and I know the coaching staff finally touched base with Fields on the sideline, but at what point does he kind of stymie himself a little bit because he is so uh, impelled to uh, run the play? When do we let that kid let athleticism take over? I'll uh, hang up and listen to your answer. Thanks, guys. Well, I'll tell you what, Dave. The, the reason You don't want this kid running – Every other play. You know, quarterbacks aren't paid to do that. Obi, he took a shot late in that game, and you and I kind of looked at each other like, that, yeah. was, that was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to start adding up if that's what he's going to continue to do. It, it just, it's a ma- Dave, just trust me on this one. It's a matter of time. If you're, if you're a running quarterback, and what I don't like is an offensive coordinator or a head coach telling his offense corner to design plays, running plays for our quarterback. That's why you pay David Montgomery and Herbert. That's why you pay them millions. What are they? They're running backs. That's what they are. Hand off the ball to them or a direct snap to them and let them run the football. Your job is to get back, drop back, roll out, bootleg, play action, and get the ball downfield accurately. That's what a quarterback does at this level, Dave. That's it. Nothing else will get you to the Super Bowl to be a, and win a world championship other than a quarterback that can do that. Running quarterbacks never make it. And the other t- thing about it is, sooner or later, Dave, and to our listeners, it, it eventually happens. They will get cranked. They will get hurt, sometimes very seriously, where it might end their career. But if they're out for a game or two or four or five games, that's not good. Why? There's only 17 of them. So he's got to be a passer, not a runner. Okay, and real quick, before we go to break, folks, please stay on uh, hold. We will get you first thing after the top of the hour news. But it's inherent upon Luke Getze in this offense, in this, in this wide zone offense, for Justin Fields to be able to present a running aspect of it to keep defenses certain and situations honest only enhances the running game and the passing game, but he cannot be given call run play after call run play, which is what drives you crazy, OB. Yeah, design running plays for our quarterback. You Excuse me? No, once in a blue break and you pull it down and go, but you can't keep calling quarterback run. All right. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Thanks to Dave for his call. We're going to give him a $50 gift card to Mel's Craft Barbecue in Park Ridge. Simply love it. the best barbecue you'll ever eat. It was fantastic today. Hamp and OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Hot route, hot route. Who brought it today? Looking at which bear played tough, played hard.
brought it today, sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the car to bring through it all. That was the highlight of Darnell Mooney with a ridiculous one-handed grab, a 39-yard reception that really brought some spark and some life to the Bears. This is Happen OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I'm Kevin Well, Powell. isn't that amazing? God, <laughs> right? They actually threw the ball down the field the last couple of games, and guess what? He caught it. Why? Because he's got all the speed in the world, he concentrates, and he's got good hands. That's what he came with and has now, and use them! He had just the two catches for 52 yards, but they were both big plays. Darnell Mooney involved with those. But the Bears falling to the Vikings, 29-22. Bears now 2-3 and three on the year. It's, uh, it felt like another one that uh, you know immediately was like, this could get real ugly, but they had the lead in the second half, and it really felt like a game just a couple plays away from, from being 3-2 and two instead of 2-3. and three, It was two plays away from not only winning the game, but kind of walking away, laughing about what happened in the first half. You know, those, the block in the back on the touchdown run that was called back, and uh, of course, uh, you know, the strip on the reception that turned the, the ball over. And there was no doubt in my mind, OB, that that we had all the momentum and we were going down and we were going to score. And Justin Fields, you know, he's you know been struggling. Today, 15 of 21, 208 yards a touchdown. He had a quarterback rating of 118.8. 118.8 against the Viking defense that had Aaron Rodgers you know, shut down. I think he had about a 60 quarterback rating. You know what, Danny? Here's the bottom line. Good teams find a way to win. Let me say it one more time. Good teams find a way to win. That happens in week in, week out, every time, every season, whatever. That's what happens. The good teams, they find a way to win. Yeah, and you think about the the past two games, right? A rookie last week against the Giants botches a punt. A second-year receiver gets stripped when he should have just went out of bounds when the Bears were driving with the chance. So that's that inexperience that we know they have. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Let's go to Joe in Mount Greenwood. Wants to talk about the defensive line. Joe, thanks for calling in. Hey, hey guys, thanks. Uh, my two favorite football guys, Happen OB, Happen OB. <laughs> Listen. You guys both play defense, maybe two of the best defensive teams ever. I don't understand why not only the Bears, but a lot of teams in the NFL don't blitz the quarterback because if the quarterback is good, he's going to beat you. I mean, you got to put pressure on a quarterback. I mean, Brady wouldn't have lost two Super Bowls if the Giants didn't put pressure on him. I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thanks for the call, Joe. There's no question that we are having to play games with a deficiency in talent. And defensive line is probably as glaring as, as any. I'm watching out the corner of my eye, the Cowboy defensive line is just torching, torching the L.A. Rams offensive line. They're hitting the quarterback, forcing sacks, getting fumbles. I mean, it's unbelievable. But we are operating under a $60 million deficit in the salary cap, thanks to Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace is the one that left us with this this absolute nightmare mess. Khalil Mack is getting paid $24 million by the Bears this year. That money we could use for some pass rushers, but no, we got to pay it to a guy that's playing for the Chargers. And, and Eddie Goldman, he's getting $5 million. 
Who knows what he's doing? And Tariq Cole, uh, Cohen, remember him? Tariq Cohen, Cohen is still getting paid $4.2 million. And it goes on and on and on. Danny, that guy, Pace, the former general manager. He was a nightmare. He destroyed this team. Yes. And he almost destroyed this franchise. And finally, finally, my God, they got rid of this guy. I tell you what. I, I, there's things I'd love to say, but I can't say it over the radio. <laughs> this guy is, i tell you what, he is the worst executive, the worst executive that was ever known to be for what? Is that 103 years now the NFL's been around? The absolute worst. He's almost buried this team with bad moves, bad money moves, and sick. thank God he is not here anymore. Well, we had to go bargain basement shopping. We got Justin Jones as the three technique. He's been pretty much a non-factor, but today, much better. He had nine tackles by himself to lead the team. Had the sack, too? He had a sack. And we've got uh, a fifth-round rookie uh, conversion, Dominic uh, Robinson, that played made some big plays in the opener. He showed up today with some pressure. So we've got we've got a bunch of try hard guys. They just don't have a whole lot of talent. Yeah, it's it's clear they need playmakers on both sides of the ball. Vlad in Shorewood, you want to talk about the receivers and Dante Pettis? You're on WGN, Vlad. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, I want to talk about uh Dante Pettis with that drop earlier today. I don't know what was going Two on of with them. that guy. It's Two just, of them. Yeah, it's just it's like he, he only had one one reception this year. Fifty one yards the whole season. And don't get me started on Amir guy. It's just Luke Getty's gotta get it together. He's gotta get it on tonight. Thank you guys. Thanks well, for the call. Well man. the reason that that again when we started the, the, the second half and we we get the opening kickoff and the very first play, Mustafer snaps it into the quarterback's knees. Then right after that, Mooney was wide open and Fields threw his worst pass of the day. It was five yards behind him. And you, I'm just saying, all these things kind of add up and they are essentially, you know, eroding the confidence of the quarterback. And all I can tell you is these receivers, if they have a chance to catch the ball, my goodness, please catch it. Dante Pettis is one of the best punt return fielders of the ball I've ever seen. For him to drop both of those passes today, I, I, there's no explanation other than I guess he's not a very good receiver. Yeah, Justin Fields, it, it looked like he was just trying to put this team on his back and will them to victory, and who knows almost what Almost did. It, it almost did. It was getting really interesting at the end there, and again, the ball stripped, and the game's over. Two kneels uh, for the Vikings. But well, a lot of, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, not one guy's not going to put this team on their back. He's not going to... Not one guy on offense of the 11 guys is going to take 10 guys, and he's going to motivate them to do their jobs top-notch every second, every play of a drive going down the field to try to score. It's not going to happen. Everybody's got to show up. The 11 people, do your job. That's what you're there for. That's why you're getting paid millions. And you're going to leave it to one guy, the quarterback, to do it? It will not happen. It will never happen. I agree. They need production from everybody. By the way, guys, before we take a quick timeout, what did you think of Matt Eberflus getting aggressive, an onside kick after they scored? Um Look, they clawed their way back. They had some momentum. And then that's when they blocked the field field goal attempt. I mean, they they basically, you know, saved him. And I I loved it. 
And did you notice late in the game, he had like a little card size play sheet. I think he may have been taking over the defensive calls because he was much more animated and involved in some of the defensive sequences late in the uh, second I uh, agree, Dave. Half. Yeah. I agree with you. It's almost like he told Alan Williams, give me give me the steering wheel. Let me take over. Yeah. 312-981-7200 is our phone, or the, uh, phone number. This is Hamp and LB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. What a pop pass. Bayless Jones. This is what he can do. And Bayless Jones is in for his first NFL touchdown. Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. We're talking about the Bears 29 29- 22 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. And it's time for the BBB Trusted Review, brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Find a business you can trust at BBB.org. Review one key play and put a grade on it. And guys, the Justin Fields run was explosive. He showed his athleticism, and again, it was brought back with a penalty that maybe the ref didn't have to throw the flag there, but also don't even put yourself in that situation if you're the wide receiver, uh, Amir Smith-Marset. And that play was called back, but Justin Fields, I thought like if, if that flag doesn't get thrown, it uh, might change the, the outlook of this game you a little know, bit. It was a nickel and dime call, and you know the, the sad part about it is, the receivers prevailed, not the nickel. Well, the, the receivers have that situation a thousand times during the course of their career, where somebody a back breaks a you know a run, and they they're supposed to be blocking a safety or something. And there's a point where you say, "I'm just going to stand there and screen the defender." And yet he continued on pushing against him, and the, of course the uh, the cornerback for the Vikings, you know, was trying for an Academy Award, falling down, acting like he was clipped. So don't put yourself in that stupid position. I agree, Hamp. Uh, Ron- get out of bounds. Get out of bounds. That uh, it was a twofer. Tough day for the uh, the young rookie. Ron in Chicago wants to talk about. Robert Quinn, who you mentioned in pregame, Hamp, that they need more out of him. He has just the one sack this year. Uh, Ron, in Chicago, you're on WGN. Yes. Uh, how much is he being paid uh, this year? He had zeros across the board, zero sacks, zero hurries, zero tackles, zero assist. I, I think What's he's around... Him? I think he, isn't Dan? He's around eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, it's million? Lar- it's a it's large a number. It's, it's a, a large number. I, it's somewhere. Let's let's put it this way, uh, Ron. Let's say yeah. it's twenty million. Give or take one or two, one way or the other. Okay, but but again, not a bad contract, huh? Oh, hey, I, I I I'd cut my arm off to have his contract. Probably play better than he plays with only one arm. But here's here's another case in point of Ryan Pace signed him, and if we cut him, then we're still having to pay him. So you, you try to get something out of it. We've got nothing out of him, and and the part that really chaps my can is two weeks in a row, quarterbacks are exploiting us on the bootleg. The only time he even There's showed no up... There's no containment, Dan. Yeah, well, the only time he showed up today was one time he got in Kirk Cousins' face on when he wasn't even blocked on one of those naked bootlegs. And that kind of stopped the bootlegs for a while. Dan on line one wants to talk about the special teams. Dan, you're on WGN Radio. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, great show and disappointing uh, loss. Uh, special team Santos is is great, but really, what about like the return team Hunt and and or uh, if they get a uh, a chance uh, kickoff? 
Well, Valus Jones Jr. averaged 19 yards on on kickoff returns. Look, the, the special teams came up with a huge blocked field goal. I, I you know, the Cairo Santos has been absolutely he has literally been perfect this season. Um and, and he was good again. Made a made a huge uh, kick for them in the fourth quarter. So, I, 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 don't, uh, you know, special, I, I don't know how you guys feel, Hamp and Obia. The special teams, special teams have not been a problem. The only thing, you know, in in certain instances, they there's kind of a new fad going around the NFL. Instead of kicking it out of the end zone, if they think they could pooch it till about the five. Then the kickoff return team's not really, you know, got their stuff together and they think they can get you before you get out to the 2025. And Tristan Eber, Ebner, uh, he, he was, you know, kind of caught with his pants down a time or two, two weeks ago against the Texans. And so that's why we now see Valus Jones, who to me, is a much more suitable uh, returner. It, it looks to me like he wants to hit the hole. It's pretty incredible, guys. The Bears had 47 total plays. The Minnesota Vikings had 74 total yep. plays. And this is you got to stop people. We didn't stop them in the first half. It was the nine on seven drill, and it was a clinic. I, I guarantee you, everybody around the league will be watching that film, going, "What? Where's the defense? What happened?" It was awful. And those- well, they'd been, they, 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 Vikings had, again, basically 13 minutes, almost a whole quarter, but more than the Bears. And again, when you cannot, again, again, convert on third down, guys, you got to struggle to win a football game. The good teams find a way to win. Yeah, and you know, you talk about those bootlegs, Hamp. That's exactly what the Giants did. So teams around the league are going to see that teams are offenses are having success with the bootleg and getting outside the pocket. Daniel Jones did it to them. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings did it to them today. Early and again, they see our defense. There's no containment on the backside, whether it's a strong or the weak side. There's no force filling containment on this team. You see it. And back to the third downs. Up until the end of the third quarter, the Bears were averaging nine and a half yards to go on third down, third and nine plus, whereas the Vikings, they were third and a half yard. So it was a lot easier to make third down conversions when you're only having to get four yards instead of 10. Vikings 12 for 15 on third down. I think that sticks out a lot. When they needed a stop at a big-time moment, they struggled to do that. But, but, but again... The stop is a lot easier when it's third and seven. Right. So the point being is third down's a problem. Yes, OB. But we're giving them too much on first and second. And when it's third and two, you know, you got 20% chance of stopping them. And David Montgomery back in there. I know you're a fan, OB, of Montgomery. But the running game, for the most part, was kind of swallowed up early at the, at the, at the line of scrimmage. Could have liked to see more out of the running game today. Well, I tell you, you know what happened? I think what happened is let the Vikings, what maybe their philosophy was, hey, if we can shut their running game down, they basically don't have a passing game. And the Vikings probably thought, hey, if we can shut their running game down, we can pull out a victory here. I think, Danny, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. What they, I'm saying? They, they they, no- we know they can't pass. We know that. We yeah. have four games of film. Where there's no way, no matter what quarter or what game it is, they cannot throw the football, but they can run. So if we can shut the run down, we can walk away with a victory 
And you want to know what? That's what the hell they did. The Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22 this afternoon. The Bears were driving late in the game, if you missed it. And the Bears were headed into Vikings territory. And Amir Smith-Marset, the Bears' young receiver, uh, had the ball stripped away from him when he had a chance to go out of bounds. And that's pretty much how it ended. Vikings 29, Bears 22. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. If you'd like to call in, we'll be here until 5. This is Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I think it was going good. I think we had plenty of time. So it was, it was going good. I think we were moving efficiently. So um, who knows what, what would have happened. So, yeah. Hamp and OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. A little Justin Fields. Presser there. I'm Kevin Powell in for Andy Mazur, Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich in the studio. We're here until 5, 312-981-7200. The Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22. It's time for our Muller's Auto game-changing moment. Play or player that made a turn in the game. Time now for the Muller's Auto Group game-changing moment. And well, that's OB, bit, Kendall Veldor yeah, coming up big early in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Kendall Veldor, there's no question about it. It was a game-changing moment. And uh, oh, the only thing, I'd love to see something like that happen two, three times a quarter. Yeah. But it is. Kendall Vildor made the right move, and it, was a, 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 and it really is a game-changing moment. And uh, congratulations to him. And also the Muller Auto Dealer Group. Those people, Mike Muller, the, the father, those people have been dear friends of mine for almost 50 years. And to Mark Muller, who runs all the stores, they're wonderful people. And thanks for jumping on board with us. Thank you to the Muller's Auto Group. Yeah, you it was bet. a big interception from Vildor. Bears, uh, after that, went down the field, kicked the field goal to take the lead. 3-1-2-9-8-1-7-2-1. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? 21-3 at halftime. There was some excitement building. Let's go to Gary in Villa Park. You're on WGN, Gary. Hey, Hamp, OB. Um I think two receivers should be fired tomorrow. The guy that uh, couldn't get out of bounds, I give him a little credit because they had two guys on him that wouldn't let him go out of bounds. But the other receiver is Pettis, who had two really nice first downer throws to him. But he kept looking around. He was more worried about himself than the ball. Which is which is bizarre, Ob, because if there's one job in the game of football I wouldn't want, it's punt returner. Those guys come down and you know decapitate you, and you would think that if you could do that, and this kid is great at that, great at fielding the ball, and you know devil may care, defying you know decapitation kind of an attitude, but. For whatever reason, he's he's trying to get the ball, and, and you know he's making a move before he secures the ball, and it's unacceptable as a receiver. Well, that's you You're know right. that's the that one is, thing. Every time that I see something like that, it's a very simple thing to me. What is a receiver paid to do? Catch the damn ball. Let's go to Matt calling in from Phoenix. Matt, you're on WGN Radio. Hi, Hamp OB. I hey. uh, love you guys. Um, you know, OB, I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, you got to get it in the hands of those three stars that we have, nope. you know, Montgomery, yes. uh, Mooney, and our tight end. Um, the one thing I don't understand, though, is why why do they run Montgomery right up the middle? I thought this was like a wide zone, uh, outside zone scheme where they're going to run more outside. I mean, you saw Dalvin Cook do it all, all game. 
but it seemed like uh, Montgomery was running right up the middle almost every time. Run him outside, I think, a little bit more. Well, it's, it's more of uh, Luke Getze not getting it. At, at some point, OB, you know, the old adage in baseball, hit it where they ain't. Well, you run it where they ain't. Well, there was a conscious effort by the Vikings, as Kevin alluded to an hour ago. They came into this game saying, all we got to do is stop the run. The passing game is non-existent. And so they concentrated, walking the Hunter Smith, the safety up. They were putting seven, eight in the box. That's right there at the line of scrimmage. You need to be smart enough to be able to do some counters or something to get outside. We the same thing play after play was ridiculous well danny offensive game game planning to me is basically almost non-existent i mean when you have uh, the people the three people we're talking about okay montgomery mooney my god and and uh uh uh, commit yeah cole commit you've got to use them they've got to be in every quarter you one after the other Hitting them, hitting the tight end, hitting the wide out, hitting them downfield, intermediate over the middle, and handing the ball off to Montgomery. Why Montgomery? Because he breaks tackles and he never gets, he never gives up. I don't care if he's a foot from the ground, he's still struggling to go forward. I would love to have three guys like that, and we've got to get them more in the flow of the game. They are not in the flow of the game, and and Getsy's got to get them involved. Danny, you agree with that? Well, there's traditionally 60, 62 plays a game average for an offense. How about 10 targets for Komet, 10 targets for Mooney, 20 runs for the running back, whether it's Montgomery or Herbert, and then the other 20, do what you want. But it has to be a, a, a constant, overarching game plan that you f- try to feature those guys. We have it done. They, they make it happen. That's why. They're the, they're the best we got. Yes. we got to go with their best weapons. They don't have many playmakers. David Montgomery is one of those guys, though. He had just 12 carries for 20 yards today. 1.7-yard average today. Not but he had a, a great touchdown run. He did. It was very nice. Fields led the team in rushing with 47 yards, had uh, eight carries as well. Let's go to Ray in Chicago. He's been hanging on for quite a while. Ray, you're on WGN. Well, thank you. My question is, when we look at the Bears organization, is this not problems in the family business? The ineptitude at the top just permeates the whole organization between the coaches, the players, the drafts, and the reno of Soldier's Field. Okay, you know what? And I was thinking about this this weekend with the offense being so bad, OB. I was thinking to myself, how did really how did how did we get here? Let's go back eighteen months. Remember. When George and Ted had that excellent press conference adventure, remember they said, well, our team is bad, our, our offense is bad, our defense is bad. But you know what? Despite the bus careening off a cliff, we're going to bring Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace back one more year. Well, guess what? That one more year has been a backbreaker as far as trying to, you know, shirk all the bad things that's happened to this franchise over the last decade. And we're still behind the eight ball with the salary cap. So it's going to be a while till we get better players. Danny, in my lifetime, and, and, and there's been several coaches here, okay? And and I can tell you, uh, your, your coach and my ex old teammate Mike Ditka, no, he, he stands alone. He truly he stands alone, 
it's been one coach after another, one philosophy after another, and and it's 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 somewhere it's got to stop, Dan. And I hope it stops with Heberflus. And I just I'm 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 I get mystified sometimes just looking at the game plan from quarter to quarter and game to game. Here the first four or five. And it, it just doesn't make sense to me. What well, we're trying to accomplish is win a Super Bowl, okay? Not win a quarter or not make a down look great. Win a Super Bowl, win the games. Well, my attitude about these coaches has changed a lot in the second half performance that we saw today. So I think the arrow is starting to point up instead of sideways or even down, as it was after the Giant game last week. By the way... I agree. The fact that they went to these three guys. Those are our three threats. My God, use them. You know, we're talking about Ryan Pace. Just a real quick shout-out to the family of Jerry Venisi, our dear friend who passed away Monday. Uh, Jerry was the general manager um, of the Bears... During the Super Bowl era that you know I played on, he was a great friend of yours, Ob. Yeah, he was. I'll tell you. And I remember we went to dinner on on my birthday in, in May, and we went to dinner with uh, Jerry and Kathy, and and you were there, Danny, and uh, some other dear. You friends. made me pay for my own food. Though. Oh, you know, come and stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, to Jerry. I have never in my lifetime, Dan, and I can say this very easily, I've never met a nicer man in my life. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. God's love, Jerry. God's love. We'll continue to take calls, 312-981-7200. Hamp and OB will be here until 5. They're sponsored, but go ahead, Hamp. We, hey, we got we three got calls. calls. We're going to get to you as soon as we get back, babe. Hey, hang, hang in there. On. Hamp and OB brought to you by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Yeah, we just got to start faster. You know, keep what we're doing in the second half. We just got to start faster. And then your, your next question is going to be how, right? We got to bring it to the men, the you know, attention of the coaches and the players, and we got to set it up for practice. And Eberflus following the Bears' 29-22 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. This is Hampton OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I'm Kevin Powell. In for Andy Mazur. We'll be here until 5, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to get a call in. You know, and by the way, with Andy being out, I guess we uh, we forgot to get our, our dear friend Kaz on, but he'll be on next week, OB. Uh, it'll be late. After the Thursday night game, and I'm sure he'll have lots of uh, insightful comments saved up. But, the, you know, we're going to do the player of the game, are we not? We're going to do the play of the game, sponsored by Good Foods. Game day is Guac Day. Bears fans enter to win amazing prizes at gamedayisguacday.com. Good Foods Guac, available at Jewel Osco. And this is the play, ladies and gentlemen, that this man to my left has been screaming about all year. And it is, throw the damn ball down the field, and who do you throw it to, O.B.? <laughs> Darnell Mooney! There you go. And a better catch will we ever see? I don't know. I mean, it's as good as I've ever seen. And obviously, you know, everybody go, ooh, Odell Beckham, one-handed catch, blah, blah, blah. And that's not a one-in-a-lifetime catch. The kid does it. Yeah, and I'm just saying, everything changed after that catch. It changed the momentum. The confidence, the attitude, 
all that stuff that Eberflus was just talking about. Getting started. Well, we didn't get started until Mooney made that catch. Yeah, it was their third possession of the game. And right after that, David Montgomery went in for a touchdown from uh, the Minnesota 9. And um, it did. It sparked some life into the Chicago Bears. Let's uh, get to the phone. Jim in Chicago uh, talking about the defense in the second half. Jim, you're on WGN. Thanks for calling. Jim, Jim, you there? (laughs) Hello, yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Okay. Yeah, I'm Jim from Chicago with a uh, first-time caller for Dan and uh, Obradovich. Uh, it seems like two weeks in a row now, the defense kicked in later and started making some stops. I couldn't believe they never hit Chuck Jefferson off the line of scrimmage in the first half, give him a bumper. They were playing eight yards away from him because he had the speed on him, but Nobody even touched the guy to try to knock him off or something, five yards, you know. That's what I was thinking. The well, guy had free, he had free reign. Nobody touched the guy off the line of scrimmage. And you know what? The, 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 the good receivers can make you look foolish, let alone maybe one of the top three receivers in all of football. And we had a, and 31 is a, you know, a low draft pick, uh, rookie. And Jalen Jones is his name, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and essentially, they, they said, you know what? We're going to put the, you know you on uh, this superstar, and we're going to try to help you over the top. And I guess the kid was paralyzed with fear. Ob, he didn't want to get within ten yards of him till the second half. But once we did gain some confidence, we started to be more aggressive, assertive, and we got up there and we started trying to you know you know redirect those receivers it changes everything and you saw uh kirk cousins who started out 17 of 17 well guess what he started throwing it in the dirt it was pretty incredible on some of those catches from justin jefferson how wide open he was considering that it's embarrassing. Uh, all of us knew they it's were going to go to him and he had some <clears throat> wide open looks let's go to geneva on line two geneva you're on wgn radio Hey there, uh, long-time listener, love you guys. I Thank just want to say, um, I have a question. Um, so what's more important, uh, having a, a good talent that gets drafted by the organization or a coach that can handle them? Good question. Thank you for the call, Geneva. Hamp, OB? Well, an ultra-talented team, anybody can coach, and you, we kind of watched that year after year down in Dallas. Um it doesn't always work out to the positive side, but here, here's here, here's the thing, you know. And people, I know it's a new day, it's a new time, but this past week, I uh, I was talking with Sean Payton, the uh, the excellent coach of the Saints, who's taken a year off, and uh, he said he's coming back somewhere next year. I, I look in Carolina if you want to put a wager on it, but. He was talking about certain players, and he said, we just thought they were a first contract player. And I didn't have to ask what he was talking about. What he was saying was, they're not going to be the core of a team that you would build and try to keep for 8, 10, 12 years. They're just a guy that will start, and you hope you know they play well. A blue, Not a blue chip, but a red chip, or just a, a guy. And unfortunately, you look across this team, other than Roquan and our quarterback, do we have a blue chip player? Yeah, we do. Who? I'd say Cole Komet, no, Darnell he's Mooney. Not. No, he's not. 
Well, that's ne- your neither opinion. one is. But you ju- hey, you just <laughs> asked me, and I gave you my opinion. You hope right? it's Justin Fields, right? You well, hope he turns into well, that. Well, I mean, uh, every, anybody. He, what you ask me, I give you an answer, and then you tell me no. A player Can't that you a break. A player that you could send to Kansas City, and they would play him. They'd find some place to play. Oh, excuse. Okay, Darnell Mooney. What they wouldn't find a place for Cole Komet? Maybe not. Not with the uh, oh, tight end. Come on, I, I'm just saying. That's how you build a team. And as far as the coach, we don't know. We don't have. We've got a five game track record on Eberflus. But I'm telling you, so far, so good. I like the way he keeps this team involved to the very end we haven't had those those idiotic blowouts like the Tressman and John Fox years they're fighting they're scratching they're clawing and as you said OB a couple of the guys were loafing I'm hoping the coach singles that out and we 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 eliminate that on this team the Chicago Bears the year 2022 you've got to get your difference makers on both sides of the ball Dan okay rock on O'Con Smith, our middle linebacker on defense, you got to get him blitzing. You got to get him involved every, in every phase. Offensively, you got to go to Darnell Mooney, Komet, and have Montgomery. Why? Because they are legit difference makers, and you cannot hide them and not use them for two or three games. All right, guys. Uh, it's, let's take a, one more call, real quick. Let's go to Josh in Joliet. Real quick, Josh, what do you got? You're on WGN. Um, I just wanted to ask, where does Ryan Poulsen fit in? Because, you know, we have these receivers that can't catch, and Ryan Post picked them, so where does he fit in on this? Thank you for the call, Josh. All right, well, here's here's the deal. Um, Dante Pettis is a free agent that we signed. St. Brown is a free agent that we signed because we didn't have anything else. And we got rid of Allen Robinson, who, by the way, is uh, making a few catches for the Rams. But we didn't have very much, and so we've, we're trying to make the best of what we got. Two legends, Dan Hampton, Ed Obradovich, Bears losing to the Vikings 29-22. I'm Kevin Powell. Appreciate you listening. Thank and you, folks, all the callers for, calling, for in. calling in. We had a great time over the last couple hours. Thursday. Ha- Thursday night, Hampton OB will be here right here on WGN. Hampton OB, sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Have a good night.